0: And hello, people of the internet. How's it going today? How you doing? I'm Billy Bones, and this is a walk through the mind. A moment where we can sit down, hang out, chit-chat, discuss a handful of ideas that have been bouncing around inside my head, see if we can't take those ideas for ourselves and go out and get the conversation started with friends, family, the people we meet on the street. Or maybe we just get those gears turning within our own head and see where it takes us. So I'm recording this on the morning of Christmas Eve 2022. A time when the polar vortex has broken free from the Arctic and come down and covered the entire United States for serious cold weather. Is it climate change? Is it weather change? Don't really know not a weatherman, not a meteorologist. I have a fascination with pressure systems, but that is in the very novice stages. I more or less just appreciate watching how the clouds shift and move in regards to mountain ranges or lack thereof. I remember seeing one line of clouds on my trip to Jackson a couple months ago. A month ago? Who knows? Time is so lost on me. But just this straight line of clouds, open sunshine where I was and up ahead. and Fascinating. And then you drive underneath all those clouds and then there's a, just another straight line cutting it off. And just sitting there going, "That's where, that's where high and low meet, coalesce and push things along. That's kind of what we've been seeing throughout the entire United States. Definitely a different aspect of... How weather is influenced, at least down here in Knoxville, in comparison to Seattle. I've been getting pictures from friends up in Seattle, and it's been a disaster up there. It's not the first time freezing rain has happened out there. But it's definitely one of the heavier-hitting ones compared to what, again, I've seen. I think there were two events in the 20-something years I was up there. And that has to do with Canada exporting their cold weather. Their climatological warfare on the United States. I guess sharing is caring in the grand scheme of things. They want to make sure we understand and appreciate cold weather. But Seattle has a funny little situation being on the seaboard, more or less. You got the Puget Sound over there that has its own microclimate. You get the Pacific Ocean, you get the Puget Sound, and then you have the mountains. On the other side of Seattle, creating just an interesting weather system, giving it the reason that it's the evergreen state. The Puget Sound keeps it just warm enough so you get precipitation. But this polar vortex that came down made the air super cold, gave Seattle a couple of snow days. And then the warm air from the ocean came in. And the rain was 33 degrees and the ground was significantly colder. My friends had to wake up to cars that were frozen shut, a shell of ice containing them. And so I will be grateful that I left just in time for that. I would have been working in that terrible weather. Whereas down here in Tennessee, hasn't been warm, but it definitely has not been that cold. Up until this Arctic blast had made its way all the way across the United States, shutting down airports and canceling flights all over the place due to the winds, crazy, crazy winds. The high and low pressure systems, low pressure systems where the low air pressure is low on the ground and high pressure air, the winds blow towards the low pressure system, like a vacuum, going that direction, bringing the cold front with it. And so, just a handful of days. Well, again, it wasn't warm. Definitely was not this cold. It was outside and not a short sleeve shirt, but thin layers. These past two days have been freezing cold. And lo and behold, this takes place during the Christmas time. Winter is already a strain on the electrical system. Everybody's got their heat running. People like me with windows that need new seals. Got some extra heaters running along throughout the house to try and balance out the heat. Make it come along. No Christmas lights here, but there's Christmas lights throughout the neighborhood. And I've had Christmas lights up at my house when I lived in Washington. And I was not a fan of the extra $100 price tag for the minimal amount of lights that I had up for the one year that I had a Christmas tree. And so, with all these Christmas lights and all this excessively cold weather, I sit here recording again early because tomorrow is a day of travel. Who knows what the next couple of days are going to bring for me. And I'm hoping I can get this recorded when. There's not going to be a power outage. I sat down this morning and right after the tea kettle finished boiling, the power went out. I went to go ahead and report it I figured it might have been just some excessive wind and something blew over, knocked a power line loose or whatnot. But the Tennessee Valley Authority, the electrical company of Tennessee, is telling all the regional operators to control and Make sure that the power is fluctuating accordingly. We've got those pulse widths and we've got extra, again, that extra strain. All, everybodys It's not normally this cold. My little goldfish pond has two inches of ice on top of it. That is definitely atypical. But as I went to report this morning, it said that TVA was telling local areas to run rolling blackouts, trying to keep it at a... 15-minute interval, bouncing around between neighborhoods. So that way there's not an excessive strain on the power system, on the power grid. So that way it doesn't overwork. We don't cook some lines. Everybody gets to be balanced out. And as miserable as 15 to 30 minutes of cold air inside the house and, you know, no Christmas lights, no internet, no whatever. It's better than being out for days because we fried some capacitor down at the local area. And it's not that I have much to say on this today, this crazy weather, but again, to just kind of think about our power consumption, think about all the lights. When I grew up as a kid, we had those light bulbs, giant light bulbs. Those seem to be ancient artifacts to most people now, but get the retro style kind, the kind that if one bulb went out, the whole strand of lights didn't work. Then they got creative and they got the smaller light bulbs. They still had the situation where if one went out, the strand didn't work. Then they improved on that just a little bit more. Everybody's got lights up. Some of my neighbors have so many lights up. I'm willing to bet that if there were snow on the ground, they would just melt them all away. But I know that's not true. These little tiny light bulbs we have nowadays, and the LEDs that don't put off any heat at all for the most part, aren't going to melt anything. But in our time of green, our time of energy switchover, our conversations of energy consumption, and just the conversation of the light bulbs just last week, feeding back on energy. How do we balance things out? Are we, will we be allowed to be festivals, celebrate festivities, I guess that's the proper term, phrasing, in the future? when we're only able to rely on green energy. This pressure system that came through, if we had some windmills around here, I guarantee those would have been spinning. The overcast clouds haven't helped, but a little bit of solar would have gotten through. Kind of makes me sad to think about what might be going on in Europe right now. I'm sure I could do more digging. But this is us, a point of self-reflection, not to bring us out of whatever holiday spirit is left over from... Christmas Day. Hopefully, you all had a fantastic Christmas Day, if that's what you celebrate. Fantastic Hanukkah or Kwanzaa. Hopefully, you got enough socks for the year. But just how much energy do we use? I know it would be nice to have a wood-burning stove in here today. help me ease up on the electricity bill. But I don't, so it kind of is what it is. I make my payment to the electricity company instead of Either someone else splitting wood for me or the labor it takes for me to fell a tree, cut it into bite-sized chunks, and then split it from there. And that's just on the heating end. Luckily, things haven't been serious enough that I had to bust out the generator. And of all the things on before, prior to my departure of Washington that I tried so hard to get rid of was a kerosene heater. How funny it is that I'm not going to need that. I'm not going to need that. It's Tennessee. It's gonna stay warm. And it's freezing cold right now. It's in the single digits today. It's in the single digits yesterday. I was supposed to be outside working on my car, but with the wind and just the regular temperature, it was not worth it. it. Won't be worth it today. I'll still get something done today, but it's been cold. And those kerosene heaters, you can't run them inside unless you have some fresh air flowing through. You gotta worry about that carbon monoxide. One of those things that kind of bugged me when I was selling my house in Washington, it was a requirement to sell my house. I needed to have a carbon monoxide detector, one on each floor. And I didn't have gas appliances. It was all electric up there. And I'm sitting there going, why would I need that? But it's for the people that would bring in the charcoal or the generator or the kerosene heater, put them into the house, putting off carbon monoxide, and before you know it, you just go into a long sleep. Somehow we all don't get the notices that that's not good for you, but yet everybody will tell you that smoking and drinking's bad for you. But worse comes to worse. If there was a multi-day power outage, I may risk it, and bring the kerosene heater inside, keep myself warm. But at the very least in the garage where there's no heat, No actual heat in the garage for when I have to work out there and I'm willing to open a door or window. Not today. All that air pressure systems between the warmth of inside the house will just blow it all outside. I don't feel like paying to heat the outside. But when the garage is cold, there's heating options available. Some heating options let us have a wired heating system, like an oil-filled radiator one of those things from back in the day that used to be attached to the walls and technology has allowed us to run an electrical cord from the wall and wheel them around and put them into specific rooms for quality ambient heating. We have the option of propane, be that the small little tiny burners or some of the forced air ones, which really kind of cook the area, small little area. And then we have kerosene heaters another efficient way outside of the, the byproduct of this evil fossil fuel or the propane of the natural gas or whatever we're using for the electricity to be able to heat these shops, these extra areas within our households so we can be productive and get things done when the colder weather hits. Be that single-digit temperatures or maybe it's just 35, just cold enough. You're not working that hard and you just need it warm enough. Or maybe we've got barn animals need to be able to heat the area just a little bit more. Make sure they don't freeze. It's just a thought. It's all just a series of thoughts, a series of questions. A point to try and see where we think about where we get our power when things get just a little bit chilly. Weather decides to change just enough. And in a couple days... My goldfish pond will be all thawed out. Two inches of ice on top of that thing. It's mind-boggling. But the wind chill and the ambient air temperature, definitely cold down here. But I've been Billy Bones. B-I-L-L-Y-B-O-N, the number three. S. Find me on Twitter and Gab at Billy Bones. You find me on Mastodon, the Pettyverse, at Billy Bones, at NoAgendaSocial.com. Go you know, there, you send me a message short and sweet. Or maybe just go there to retweet the tweet or boost the two. Let everybody know about the show. We've got a website, Billybones.com. Remember that's spelled with the number three instead of an E, Billy Bon3S. You go there, there's previous show, there's a handful of show notes, as well as a active weather underground map to show you the pressure systems that are in the forecast. And this is a value for value show. If you found value out of this episode or the entire catalog, fantastic. First thing that I ask that you do is you give the show a share. Maybe someone else comes up with a talking point. Get those gears turning. But if you feel it's worth monetary value, like today's executive producer, Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley, thank you, sir, for sending in $15. Thank you for helping me keep these lights on. As long as TVA says it's okay. But if you feel that it's worth Satoshi's, use your podcasting 2.0 compliant app, chip in, send in some, some digital tiny, tiny, tiny bits of Bitcoin and keep this show alive. But thank you for listening. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week.